Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Control Port Podcast, episode 270. I'm Benjamin Yoder, here today for a very news-heavy week this week. Um, yeah, there's a lot going on uh, with Bit Summit going on, uh, Comic Cat's coming up here. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to talk about everything I want to talk about because it is so, so news-heavy, so I cut off a lot of stuff. Um, we are not going to touch the Comic Cat stuff right now. I think there might be room for me to do some kind of side video later, um, or depending on how we are, like news next week, um, maybe maybe it makes sense to do an episode dedicated to Comic Cat uh, 100's games. We'll, we'll see. Um, but those kind of things, you know, if you're like Ben, this seems like something that'd be up your alley that you didn't talk about. Um, a, let me know. I'd be happy to hear. Um, but B, uh, it probably is just, I, I listen off cause there's just way too much going on this week for me to, for me to, to focus on every single video game individually. So, um, but to get started here first, we'll go into titles that I have played. Um, and you know, as you probably can guess, I've been in the, the Xenoblade Chronicles 3 zone. Um, so I don't want to do like a big, long discussion about this. You know, I, I dedicated like 40 minutes of last week's episode to it. So we're going to keep it pretty straightforward. Just a couple of updates here. One, I'm at about 50 hours now, maybe closer to 55 hours now. Um, and, uh, I think generally, like based off what I said last week, I think there's two things I really can say. Um, one, uh, quality wise, I think there's not really a lot of concern about characters being in depth enough. Like, I think they get there a little bit of a slow burn, but I think they get there. Um, and they are feeling really good. I think, I, I don't know if there'll be any character by the end of this game that I like love or adore, but it's very well made, very good storytelling overall. I, that is like something I would not think I would be saying at this point with this franchise, like good storytelling, like, oh yeah, storytelling is very good in this game so far. You know, things can change. Xenoblade Chronicles 2, last chapter immensely changed my opinion on that game and how its storytelling went, I will say. Like, if you're like Ben, you just talk crap about Xenoblade Chronicles 2's story, it 100% comes in that last chapter. That is almost entirely. There's some things with Rex and stuff throughout, but it's not that stuff doesn't really matter as much as the end of that game. <laughs> so there's room for me to be disappointed, I guess I'm saying. But overall, I've been very happy with the story, um, and, and I've been really enjoying it. Uh, from a gameplay perspective, you know, I, I don't know if I said anything about quality from a gameplay perspective. I think largely, it, 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 I think last week I was like, this is a very good video game. I can say that much. And yeah, it is still a very good video game. Um, it does not, it's very clearly at this point, not going to hit the levels that I want in terms of like, you know, new types of mechanics and things like that. Um, there's definitely things about the game that differentiate it from other Xenoblade games, but we're kind of back to the Botankaita's origin situation of like, Yes, this is technically a new, well, I'd say even less so than Botankaita's Origins, honestly, because Botankaita's Origins was a, pretty much a new combat system, just, it's still based on the concepts of the original Botankaitos, um, where this game is very heavily based off Xenoblade Chronicles 2. I've seen some people say it's more based on Xenoblade Chronicles 1. I don't really agree with that. I think the core mechanics are based off Xenoblade Chronicles 2. I think where they're really differentiating is just the lack of an elemental combo system and focusing more on chain attacks, which is very much a Xenoblade Chronicles 1 thing. So it's pretty much a merger. A lot of this, this game is about merging Xenoblade Chronicles and Xenoblade Chronicles 2. And, you know, I kind of appreciate it in that way where they're like, hey, we're going to mechanically merge these games as well. Um, I think that is a lot more of a shallow, like the implementation of it is a lot shallower than I would like, um, but it's there kind of. Um, so, uh, that's, that's neat. And then also, um, but yeah, I'm not really getting what I want out of the combat and world design. I'm very much not getting what I want out of world design. Um, I think I'm really coming away from this game so far being like something about the world design of Xenoblade Chronicles needs to change for me to be happy. I think going forward, that's not to say again, that it's not bad. This is not Xenoblade Chronicles 2. 
where like the world design is a mess. Um, um, uh, it is it is well made. You know they they keep the standard pathing systems from Xenoblade Chronicles One that I think works so well in that game um, and worked so well in Torna when they brought it back in Torna. Um, but I think it's just that they're losing certain parts of that um, world design that makes it interesting. Um, specifically when it comes to you know I think Xenoblade Chronicle One one of the cool things about its world is that you can kind of not always, but most of the time you can kind of feel where you're at when you're like, cause the game's set in like a giant, right? A giant rotting monster God, essentially. Um, you can kind of feel where you're at. You know, they pointed out where like here, you're on the shoulder and like the shoulders like, you know, sloped. And so like the world is level design for that area is like sloped in interesting ways. So there's like cool stuff like that. So that stuff just does not exist really in Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Um, it's more about like, hey, I recognize this thing from the last two games. Or, hey, um, you know, they, 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 they still have the thing where like you can look and see like, oh, on the other side of this giant pit, there's the whole area that I was exploring before. Like that stuff is still there, right? But, you know, that stuff is stuff that's been there. Um, so it's just kind of like, okay. <laughs> but again, not bad, just kind of there, so... Anyways, no real big updates on that, though. Um, I'm still trying to figure out what type of video I want to do on that. Like, where my brain is going right now is like, hey, the ultimate monolith soft combat mechanics video I want to talk about. Or, like, you know, not even combat mechanics, just, like, me like gameplay stuff of monolith soft. I don't really want to talk about the story that much, honestly. There's plenty of people who talk about the story. I don't want to talk about the story of monolith soft games. <laughs> Maybe touch on it briefly. Um, but the problem is that that video is going to be way off because I have to play other video games like Soma Bringer. I need to replay Botan Kaitos. I need to replay Xenosaga. Maybe not all the way through, but I need to do that. So um, I think there's going to be kind of like a in-between video of that where I talk about Xenoblade Chronicles 3 specifically and then who knows when that other model of soft video is going to happen. It, it very well might be years till it happens. So, um, you know how I work. So, so yeah, but overall really enjoying it. If you're like, hey, I'm worried this game is not going to be good. There's no concern about that, at least on my side, you know. I did see some outlines give it like 70s out of 100 such, you know. I haven't read the reviews, so very much could be uh, justified. I've seen a lot of people complain about the quest system. I think a lot of that might come from the world design personally. Um, so, but yeah. Um, anyways, I'll talk about Xenoblade Chronicles 3 in more depth later, but I'm sure I'll probably have another podcast or two where I just say, hey, I'm still playing it. Also, addendum, put that there. On stream, we did play through a whole video game. Um, also, sorry, if you were waiting for me to tell you what the stream game was going to be last week, I, again, in the Xeno Zone, completely forgot till Thursday. I was like, oh, shoot, I got to choose a video game for us to play because I want to take a break from One Piece. Um, and just a note, One Piece, we'll be getting back to One Piece. I, I, I just want to finish One Piece. I just want to get out of my life, and then we'll move on. Um, so I like that game a lot in a lot of ways. Uh, but, yeah, it is very... Uh, Maybe not the best stream game in a lot of ways. Um, anyways, the video game we played, though, Disney Princess Enchanted Journey. I was really curious about this game um, on th a few different levels. One, when I originally picked it up, I was like, oh, this looks really cute. It's got, like, um, um, like dress-up mechanics and things like that. Well, not mechanics. It has dress-up elements. And it looks like a 3D adventure game. So, it's like, this kind of looks like it has some depth here to some degree. Um, and so, like, I was like, I'm willing to try this for five dollars whatever i paid for it right the, the the standard price of wii games is like five to eight dollars for used ones right now um or at least last time i went inflation has been going on for a while so i don't know maybe it's maybe it's higher um anyways but uh it looks cute the second thing when i was looking this game up online it was like oh there's like very different opinions on this game online where it's like some people think this is like kuso gay trash 
like trash video game. Um, and then I saw like the game apparently came out on Steam. I don't know when it came out on Steam, but it apparently came out on Steam. Um, and uh, it has like a nine out of 10. Uh, but most of the comments are like, hey, I feel so nostalgic playing this because I was playing it when I was a kid, you know. 2007 was, you know, a long time ago. So, uh, some of those kids were probably, are probably now in their early twenties. Right. <laughs> um, so, so, you know, there's these kind of two different, uh, differentiating views. I, I had figured that it probably would be like, you know, maybe somewhere in between with it, you know? And I think that's ultimately where it ended up being. Um, because this is a game that, um, especially on the surface level, um, has a great presentation. Um, I think, you know, we're talking about a two th- 2007 Wii game here, so keep your expectation intact. We're not talking Kingdom Hearts Toy Story characters, right? Um, but, like, every all the characters look really well made. Um, the world design is very fun. You know, like, it's like little diorama Disney World. It's very, reminds me a little bit of Paper Mario without, like, the, the void in the background. Instead, it's like a 2D you know, spread of the background environment. Like the castles are very much just JPEG graphics, just like hanging out back, back there. Um, but, but you know, you, you just have these little tiny like uh, rooms that you're basically going through. And then there's just like a bunch of stuff in there you can interact with. You can cast spells on like little bells that make them ring. You can make plants grow, things like that. There's very clearly a lot of like effort put into this game and and um, making it look nice and and giving like little fun things in the environment to interact with. Um, I, I think the voice acting is pretty decent too. Definitely not the same quality level, a bit more amateur, especially when you get to like the smaller NPCs. Um, but it, it's kind of charming in its own ways. I always like hearing like, especially on like Ariel's level, they like have this thing where like, oh, nobody can sing anymore. Um, so you have to go like heal them with their, your little magical spin or whatever. So you go heal them. And then whenever they're done, they're like, la, 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 kind of thing. So it's really, it's really cute. Uh, it does kind of remind me a little bit of like kids PC adventure games in some ways. Um, but, but a little more, you know, engaging a little more, you know, with 3d graphics and a higher production value in that regard. Um, so, um, yeah, it's, it's very kind of fun to explore these little areas. Um, and, and, you know, the stories are whatever, you know, it's like, Oh, everybody in the world is selfish. Oh, everybody can't sing, you know, these very straightforward things you go, you twirl and that fixes their problems for the most part. Um, and then you go like find some stuff you have to go explore a little bit. You know, it, it's very straightforward for the most part. Don't go into this game expecting a lot out of like, you know, gameplay. Like, 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 so for example, combat. Combat in this game is just kind of waggle away. Um, there's basically three spells you can cast. One is the twirl I mentioned earlier, where you can like revive plants or like, you know, make little bells jingle, things like that, heal certain people. Um, that's just like for context of like sensitive stuff or context event stuff. Um, so a lot of it doesn't even matter that like you, you just do it and it's like, Oh, you spun and this thing happened. Um, and then also there is, um, uh, like a magic bullet you can shoot. Um, there's like, these little enemies called bogs that run around very simple enemies. I don't know if I, I think I took damage once through the entire game. Um, and then also you have like an AOE. So you have to hold the Wii remote up and then you like push it down and you like have a little magical, I guess it's more like an energy sphere that flies out of you you know, hits everything around you, does a lot of damage too. I was kind of surprised how overpowered it was because the, the, the best thing to do in combat was to run in the middle of enemies spawning, hold your magic wand up, and then just like once they're like vulnerable, slam it down and kill them all. <laughs> so so very straightforward combat. Um, but, you know, this is very much a kid's game, right? Um, which I don't want to say, t- like, I always feel bad saying it's just a kid's game because, you know, kids played a lot of games in the back in the day that were very challenging and overcome them and really enjoyed them, right? NES games were kids games and things like that, right? I mean, primarily the market for the NES were kids, 
that is just the reality the situation you know that we all i think you know well enough i'm like yes we can enjoy games for children even though we're like 30 year old men here um you know we're talking about disney princess enchanted journey right now <laughs> but um you know i thought it was uh um i think it's it's it, i think you can have a challenging game and it'd be okay for kids but for, you know i understand why you would want to lower the barrier to this game and uh get it to a point where you know pretty much anybody can get through it kind of thing so um, i don't mind that combat aspect so much what i do mind more is the mini games. The mini games throughout the world are very repetitive. Pretty much, I'd say about seventy percent of them are move a bucket across the screen and collect something. Um, it's just, I feel like there's so much more you could have done. Um, even like not even considering the Wii Remote. Like if you don't want to get into like motion controls or things like that, there's just a, there's a lot of mini game templates out there that you could use. You know, even if they're not any particularly like inspiring. You know, just look at a Mario Party or something like that and just get some ideas off that. So, you know, I'm not blaming the developers per se. Like I get the I get the impression this game was not maybe like <laughs> maybe kind of had its developed wrapped up pretty quickly. I mean, I will say very well made game. Like that's that's not a thing. But like it does feel like a game that they did not get to do exactly everything they wanted. There's some things out that feel unfinished. One, there's like these gems you can collect. And as far as I can tell, they don't do anything. I capped out my gem counter. I'm just like, okay, <laughs> that's that's that, I guess. Um, the other aspect was, um, so there's four worlds in this game. You play um, in Cinderella, Snow White, um, Aladdin, like the Jasmine world. Um, and then also, um, what's the last one? Uh, Little Mermaid. Um, so those are the four ones. But then also Belle is there. Um, but Bell is like a weird survival mini game. It doesn't really make any sense. You're gonna make a giant rectangular room with Bell there. Bell's like, hey, there's bugs everywhere. Don't let them kill you. And you just run in a circle for about a minute and then it's over. And then that's the end of Bell's world. Uh, I get the impression Bell was probably intended to be a larger world at some point and they built some assets out for her. And they're like, well, we can make a little mini game for this. Um, it's kind of funny because on the back of the box, it says features bonus Bell mini game. <laughs> so what a weird way to put that. But I'm guessing they wanted to put something on there because they didn't want to put her on the cover if her world is like literally a one minute thing. Um, but they wanted to represent her some way on the box. So uh, good on them. But yeah, I mean, it's one of those games that like, if this was a 10 hour video game and it was, you know, basically the same content throughout, it probably would be very tedious and boring, but you know, two to three hours, I think that's a reasonable amount to play a game like this. Um, I think that's a pretty reasonable timeline um, for something like this. So like, if you just want something cute, fun, like, especially if you're a Disney fan, I don't know anything about Disney. I will say like, I, I struggled to remember their names on stream when we were playing. Like, is this Cinderella? I don't know. Belle, one of these, one of these princesses. <laughs> but like, I, you know, I, I, I would imagine though that if you just like want to see those little diorama worlds and stuff like that, um, you know, Kingdom Hearts is probably the better way to go about it. But Kingdom Hearts has a lot of, you know, additional baggage with it, right? If you don't care about the giant, giant boot boy, um, then, then something like this probably maybe fits a little better. I will say character customization, as much as I was hoping that'd be a thing, very limited in this game, unfortunately, really was hoping for more. Um, but yeah, especially the gems, it would make sense to buy things with gems, I would think, but you know, I don't know. Apparently there's some kind of sequel here. Um, I, I forget the name of it. It's like a uh, fairy tale journey or something like that, but, um, it came out on Wii, 3DS, and uh, PC, I think, or something like that. Um, I am interested in checking that game out, so I'll keep an eye out for it um, going forward just to see if I get a copy. I've not, I don't think I've seen it though, unfortunately. Um, so I don't know how many there are. I think it is like around 20, 25 bucks. So, you know, that's within the range of like, it is a little more expensive than a typical used Wii game, you know, but. 
Um, it's a different developer though, so but just like aesthetically, it looks very similar. So I get the feeling it was probably built on the framework of Enchanted Journey, but it seems like completely different people. So, anyways, we'll see. Um, there's a lot of those Disney princess games apparently, and um, you know, I might keep an eye out for for them in the future and and, and check them out as I as I come across them. So, very fun game. I think it's worth checking out if that is your kind of thing. Otherwise, I think you can probably look at that game and know if it's not for you. And that's it really for all I've played this week, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but you know what did happen this week? My Buddy Mission Bond video came out. Um, so that went up. And I do want to say thank you for everybody who liked, shared it and everything. Um, it probably sounds low being only at 150 views. But a big factor here... Sorry, my cat's going crazy in the other room. And I can hear his bell jingling. <laughs> so if you hear the bell, I'm sorry. Um, but um, a big thing um, with to keep in mind, though, is that like this is a video that did not hit any mainstream news publication things. Like I didn't get picked up by Nintendo Life. Um, I did have one website say they were going to post it, and maybe by, by the time you're hearing this, they have posted it. Um, but I have not heard back about it, so we'll see. Um, but you know, so far at least, as of as of when I'm talking right now, um, they have not posted it. So um, 150 views for something that didn't get picked up by a website, and also doesn't have an established English fan base. Um, I'm pretty happy with that overall, um, and it is basically like two to three times better than like what I would usually get out of video. Like the Kudan Squash video launched at like 40 views and kind of, you know, since then has putted along, but you know, is, is not really getting any traction, right? Um, it's not really expecting that. So um, I did send that one out to some websites too, and nobody really picked it up either. Admittedly, I think personally, I think the Kudan Squash video is a, a little underwhelming compared to a usual video. Uh, mainly because it was very kind of put together fairly quickly. Um, you know, I, I generally have talked to people though, and people seem pretty happy with it overall. So, um, you know, there's definitely sacrifices I'm trying to make with certain things in, in making videos to make them faster, unfortunately. So if you ever like, hey, the quality of these videos is getting to the point that I don't want to watch them, let me know. I mean, I don't anticipate you'll get to that point, but you know, I can only, you know, do what I deem is best, right? In a lot of ways. So definitely let me know if you notice anything. But anyways, that video came out. So again, thank you for liking and sharing that. This upcoming week or this week, uh, I have the Blu-ray plus CD unboxing video. That was originally a Patreon video. Um, and, and now it's going to be made freely available or it, it hasn't actually been published before. Um, but it was going to be a Patreon only video. Um, so that's coming out. That's going to show off me unboxing the Blu-ray and CD uh, set, which you know is a little bit more heftier than I thought it would be. So I figured I'd unbox it. I also this week got my Buddy Mission Bond cups in. Um, so it literally came in the day that the Buddy Mission Bond video came out. Um, so I did a little video where I unboxed that. I also bought some different colored soda and then filled those cup, cups up and recorded that as well. That's Patreon only. I'll probably leave that Patreon only. Like me putting soda in Buddy Mission Bond cups is maybe not like prime YouTube content. <laughs> but it might, I think for Patreon people who, who probably are following me because they like like my stuff generally, um, it probably makes a lot of sense there. So um, so that's coming up, I think, in September when that is. Um, so, so yeah. Um, it's worth mentioning though that there is a that Buddy Mission Bond in person event um, on August fourth. They announced on August fourth words uh, they announced the details of it. Um, basically, it's going to be the first in person event they've had. Uh, it's going to be on September twenty fourth. So I, I need to look into this. I was looking at the machine translation, and it said set in a soccer stadium. And on the website, there's very clearly soccer visuals going on there. So um, I don't know if the actual event 
place it's being held as a soccer stadium um or if it's just like that is the setting for the stage play or whatever like that but um so in some form or fashion whether it be fictionally or in reality it's set in a soccer stadium um there's gonna be two events a daytime event with mokuma and chelsea and then a nighttime event with uh luke and aaron um so uh, not a lot of details of what this are it's called the mikaragra uh it says mika cup again this is through machine translation i wonder if there's like mica cup or something like that I don't remember. Um, what is Mikagra? I feel like that is Mikagra. I feel like that is something that's in the thing, um, in the game. I don't remember, but some kind of cup thing. Um, and they made some new art for the uh, event as well, which was nice too. So um, I'll link that as well in the description. So you go check that out. If you're in Japan, why don't you go? Let me know what's up. Uh, maybe they'll release it on Blu-ray again so I can spend a hundred and something dollars on it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't really get a lot of the Buddy Mission Bond Blu-ray. So, uh, I mean, I did get stuff out of it, but like, uh, you know, to some degree, I just really can't, you know, appreciate it fully. So, um, I, I've not tried to machine translate the, uh, the script that they, the physical script that they send with it though. So, Hey, it's Patreon time. Hey, we're going to, before we get into the news, we're going to do this Patreon stuff. Again, thank you so much to Paul Daniel, Jillian, Henry Dagger, and uh, uh, Discreet as well for your support. Um, they are at the $5 level. That's the only level now, if you haven't heard. Um, and that gives you the bonus videos um, where you essentially get bonus videos. And you're like, Ben, you just told me you're giving out Patreon videos for free with the Animation Bond Blu-rays plus CD. You're robbing us. You're robbing us of content. I paid you money and you're robbing us. No, I'm giving you um, a Kaminazo playthrough, the first part of it this week as well. Um, you know, I, like I said, I've streamed this game before, but I did not finish it because I was very unhappy with how the streams are going. This is me playing it in my own time, but I figured we're going to record it and I'd make it available to you guys. So you are getting a Kaminazo, you know, one ish to two ish hour video of me playing that. Um, and ideally we'll be playing through the whole game at some point. Um, this is probably going to be spread out over across many months, I will say. So, so don't, don't think you're going to get like a, a, a steamrolled number. Like I may combine videos as well, depending on how things go later on as well. So, um, but like, yeah, Kaminaza part playthrough part one is what's coming up this week. Um, and, and along with that buddy mission bond video, it's going to come out later in the day around like three o'clock rather than, uh, the 9am. That's the one difference, but I'm giving you something to, to, to make up for giving, Give away the Buddy Mission Bond Blu-ray plus CD. Um, what you can also do, though, if you're uh, subscribed to the Patreon, is ask a Patreon question, like Jillian has. And Jillian has asked the question, stupidest um, thing Nintendo ever done, either in an affectionate or derogatory way. I had to rack my brain about this a little bit, um, because a lot of things that in the moment seem very stupid for Nintendo um, often makes sense in some fashion so it's not necessarily dumb it's just things that didn't work out right think about like the friend code system things like that you can see why it happened um like i don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that they tried it um i think it is maybe something that they maybe continue to pursue maybe a little more than they should but you know the nintendo is very worried about you know that that online space and and, and how people interact uh swap note in specific is a uh, i think good example of um you know why they make those decisions um you know i won't go into details of exactly what happened in that situation but um yeah so uh there's some things that i just think you know on surface we definitely as players inconvenienced by and and don't like and you know nintendo's gonna mess up online they always mess up online it's just how they work um you know yeah there's some things like that um so but like what is actually like straight up just like stupid um 
I think maybe this isn't necessarily something they did, but um, I do remember a long time ago, they had some quote by the president at the time, Yamauchi. I think it was around the time that like Square had left Nintendo and Yamauchi was like, <laughs> um, people who play like, I forget if it was like Final Fantasy or RPGs in specific, or if it was just PlayStation in general, they're like people who play those games uh, like to be alone in their room and play depressing games, <laughs> which I thought about recently. I was like... <laughs> Like, in some ways, Sony's games are very much built off the backbone of we have made a depressing video game with, like, Last of Us and things like that. But, um, you know, um, just at the time, that's a very strong uh, comment by CEO. But, you know, it's also a very different industry space, you know, a lot more competitive, a lot more aggressive. Um, so, you know, you don't really see that today. You see, you see, you know, Phil Spencer going out and, like, you know, complimenting other publishers and, and or other platform manufacturers, things like that, right? So... Um, and then the other thing is just the, the official Nintendo Labo box, just literally a cardboard box, to put your cardboard st- box stuff in. Um, you know, it's kind of funny. <laughs> it's kind of neat. I don't remember how much it cost originally, but now it's pretty expensive. Uh, but you know, that, that is maybe like, like that is literally like, like, uh, you know, there was the whole joke about the Wii Fit board being like a, you know, bathroom scale with a Nintendo logo on it. And I think IGN made a joke about that before the Wii Fit board was announced, but you know, Wii Fit, I think again, product makes a lot of sense for what they were doing at the time. Um, even if people thought it was stupid, you know, when it was first revealed, um, um, but, uh, you know, official Nintendo cardboard box is kind of like, I feel like the true, um, the true, uh, final form of we've sh- slapped a Nintendo logo on this thing. Um, I don't know if you actually could buy it. It might've been like a like club Nintendo thing. It's like a stupid thing. I'm glad it's stupid though. I'm glad it's a stupid thing that exists. So I guess that's the best answer I can give. I can't think of too many things that I feel as stupid and just like literally just stupid. Um, but you know, just how it is, I guess. So um so yeah that's it for the patreon question a little short of a patreon question this week for me or at least short response for me um just don't have a lot to say i think on that regard but hey again thank you so much um like i said uh well if you want to ask your own patreon question for next week um at uh on monday at 3 p.m i put up put up a post you can either comment on it and uh leave a question there or you can uh, direct message me if you want to be anonymous um, and, and I'll, I will, uh, add that to the question for the week, um, and go from there. So again, thank you so much for that. It's new t- news time. News, Patreon noise, all of it sounds the same. It's all just, um, uh, a lot of new things I want to talk about this week. Um, I'm not sure how in depth I'll go on a lot of these, so, uh, we will see. Um, but the first one is NT Creates announced a game called Grim Guardians, which is a Castlevania, um, more in the aesthetic of Synth of the Night, but still looks very much like a linear Castlevania style game featuring two characters, one with a melee attack and a gun. Um, these characters are from their Galgun franchise. So, you know, it's, <laughs> you know, I, I think any creates is a, is a company that prides its past pr- pr- projects frequently, and they will often include characters from those other releases in there. And Galgun seems to show up the most in, in, in all of them. Um, but, uh, anyways, I think it's the double piece character specifically. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's like a two player or, or, you know, character swap in like a portrait of ruin kind of thing, you know, very Castlevania style adventure game is not, you know, it's not shy about it in any way. Um, the big question for me is just like, is it more open-ended? The trailer looks fairly linear. So we might be looking at more of like a, you know, something along the, the line of like a more, um, evolved version of like the curse of the moon franchise, but just with the aesthetics of like a modern or a 
you know, to the night Castlevania, I guess just to say. So um, I'm very excited though. I love Curse of the Moon 1. I think Curse of the Moon 2 is also great. Um, I think from the uh, Japanese article I saw through Machine Translation, the local multiplayer only looks likely, which is unfortunate. Curse of the Moon 2 had the same thing as well. Um, but you know, there are streaming options for that. I haven't tried Curse of the Moon 2 through streaming, but it is something that I plan to do at some point um, to, uh, to, you know, try to get through that game and uh, finish it. So I got it on PC a while ago to, to do that. So, um, so that's it for that. Uh, that was at bit summit as well there. So they had a booth there and everything and people could play. I haven't looked at any of the extended gameplay for that at all. So there, some of the questions I have could be answered, um, in, in that gameplay that's already out there comes out. Um, um, I don't think they have a date for it yet actually. So, oh, well, but yeah, very excited. I'm, I'm always excited for anything any crates is doing and, um, you know, big fan of Curse of the Moon franchise. So if they can do something new with this release, super happy with that. This is a game I almost did not put on this list, but I just kind of want to note it for one particular reason. Uh, Tower of Fantasy. This is a, I guess, like multiplayer action RPG that kind of looks like Genshin Impact coming out on the 11th. So, you know, within a few days here. Um, but what I really liked about this game, you know, in the same way that it, it kind of looks like Genshin Impact, you know, it has an open world very similar, like a Breath of the Wild kind of open world, you know, big open areas. But um, there's a lot of like momentum and it's a uh, world uh, movement. Um, you have grapple hooks, uh, you have double jumps, you have jet packs that you can kind of float down with or do like a, a little hover with uh, to kind of like grapple out of and things like that. Um, and there's also like these pipes that like characters can build out of walls and then, uh, you know, your teammates can go and jump up these pipes to get up things. I just thought it like looked really um, in depth in terms of like its world movement in a lot of ways that I thought was really fun. Um, but, you know, I, otherwise the game just looks like a traditional open world action RPG. I probably will not play that game, but still it just kind of caught my eye again coming out on the 11th for that for Tower of Fantasy. Now, this thing looks a little bit more up my alley, though. Uh, Tokyo Underground Killer. Um, this is a developer. I think it's called, like, Phoenix Games, something like that. It's, like, a mix of, like, I think European and Japanese developers. Uh, and they're essentially making a, you know, melee first-person shooter with, like, force powers very much in the way of, like, what a Red Steel 2 was. Um, but in the more of the aesthetics of a Far Cry, Far Cry Blood Dragon of just like hyper neon lights everywhere and, and, you know, very, very over the top visuals. Um, and it looks really cool. You know, I, I will say like mechanically, nothing really jumped out at me. It just kind of looked like somebody following up on that Red Steel style, but Red Steel 2 is an amazing video game. Um, personally, I'm not a huge fan of the Wild West style of Red Steel 2. Um, so I think the idea of like mixing in a more like hyper neon, uh, world might fit a little bit in with like hey in some ways what the original red steel was right like red steel one was a lot more about like you know well one it was kind of a tour of a variety of different types of japanese environments with you know uh you know corporate buildings uh also you know you know japanese bamboo forests things like that but a big part of that game was very um i think focused on nightlife japan and the way that like neon lights and things like that were a part of that um also like underground um amusement parks and things like that as well um and this game feels like it's it's it's, it's following in that footsteps taking what red steel 2 was and maybe applying it to some extent what red steel 1 was but very hyper hyper um exaggerated so so I, it looks really cool i actually don't know when this one comes out um unfortunately let me see if i can pull up the date here it just says coming soon so i, I don't think there's an actual date on this yet but anyways it just looks really cool um i don't know if i'll play it i've been meaning to play bright memory for a very long time i mean it only recently came out but there's been like different like beta builds and things like that 
Um, and I think the PC version may have came out like a year ago or something like that. So um, I've been meaning to play Bright Memory and just have not gone around to it. So I feel like Tokyo Underground Killer is very much in that style as well. Uh, or that that it will suffer a very similar fate of just like, looks very cool. I should check this out. And then just gets forever put on the back burner. Following up on a story from last week, uh, but still talking about Samurai Swords. Samurai Maiden. So this is that game that was just called like Star, 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 Star Maiden last week. They're like, please guess the title of this video game. Um, I don't know who guessed those titles, but apparently they won uh, gift cards to some Japanese retailer. Um, but Samurai Maiden is a D3 action hack and slash kind of game. Um, they're like calling it the next level level B shoujo game. Um, you know, they haven't really showed anything to me that jumps out at me as, as that kind of thing. But um. Really what this game is, is outside of just being a traditional hack and slash game, um, is more about, um, character, uh, relationships and, and very much in the way of like, um, you know that game Valkyrie Drive a long time ago? It feels very similar to that of just like, hey, like there, there are powers you have and those powers are built about like how you touch other characters. But from, from like, cause there's different girls in the party, like, like they're all girls. So it's all lesbian relationship stuff. Um, but like, you know, like how they presented it was like, you get different powers based off you touch their hands, their faces, their bodies, whatever. Um, which, you know, on paper could be interesting. I'm always somebody who's a fan of like trying to find mechanical ways to integrate sexual stuff like that. I think that it's, it's one of those things that is not touched on very much in video games for a large variety of reasons. Um, you know, stigma that comes with it as well as just it's hard, you know, it's hard to do something like that and, um, you know, not just to have it be, you know, whatever, you know, just being, being fan service kind of stuff. Right. Um, I get the impression this game, when they say that, like touching faces, hands and bodies in the trailer is as like, it probably just means the animation that plays before you use a special move. So, um, I don't know mechanically how that would work. It does not seem like the trailer implies any way mechanically how it would work. If it's just a screen where you have to touch a character with the analog stick or something, I'm not really interested. Um, unless they do something really interesting with it, but like, it just, if well, the majority of the games that do that don't really do it in any super interesting way i feel like um so um personally a little whatever on my side probably won't touch on this game again unless something changes in that regard um but uh you know it, it looks good i will say that it's a great looking game i think it comes out um winter this year i believe is what they said so um if you are looking forward to that you, sh you, you should play it i mean i guess it probably is in some ways you know spiritual successor to oni chambara in some ways so maybe worth checking out in that regard um, so yeah, speaking of touching ladies, massage freaks still in the news every week, but I think this is going to be one of the last weeks we talk about it again. I'm not even really interested in this game anymore. After we saw the original trailer, like, I don't really care, but I feel like we should follow up on this, uh, especially since it is like a weird um, situation with like, you know, sexuality and online stores and what's allowed and what's not. Um, but uh, basically, Massage Freak got renamed as Beat Reflay. I don't know how to pronounce that. Beat Reflay. It's a B-R-E-F-L-E. -E, beat Reflay or something like that. I don't know. Um, but, uh, it's now out on PC. It's not on DL site. It's on Steam. So apparently it made it past that, uh, hurdle at the very least. Um, still no word on if it's coming to the Nintendo Switch, but, um, you know, at least it got out, maybe, at least it got out there. I think that's the important thing. It's got out there somehow. Um, Steam's a platform where it could succeed, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure all this press cycle has gotten it a lot of attention that it normally would not have gotten. So I'm going to guess in the end, you know, other than the fact that they don't have a Switch user base that are able to purchase the game right now, in the end, they probably are uh, got more exposure through stuff like this. So, um, you know, 
again, glad it hit the market at some in some way. Um, but yeah, it definitely was a <laughs> turbulent ride. Um, so unless it shows up on the Switch later, and even then, there's a good chance I might miss that it does. Um, probably this is the last week we're talking about Massage Freaks, Beat Reflay, whatever you want to call it. I will probably remember Massage Freaks a lot more than I remember Beat Reflay. Guessing the reason why they got rid of Massage Freaks is there's concerns about, you know, basically people like referencing real world people who sexually harass people while massaging and things like that. Um, so it makes sense to change that title. If that's one of the criticisms that you're getting. Um, and, and then, you know, better, better describes what it is being a, um, a rhythm game rather than a massage game. So I don't get to be deceived by it. Um, another follow-up here on a series that I really have not touched too much on, um, uh, is Psygains picked up the Metal Max series. We were talking about this a little bit because Metal Max was in a really weird spot for a few weeks there. Um, the game that was being developed, Wild West, I think it was called, um, was canceled. Um, people who are different companies picked up the rights to, uh, the Metal Max games that are currently out, Metal Max Xeno and, uh, Metal Max, uh, the dog one, I don't know what it's called. The, but it's the top-down dog shooter thing. Um, the, those games went to different publishers other than Kadokawa, so it seemed very likely that Kadokawa was kind of wiping their hands clean of this franchise, and sure enough, they were. Um, the creator of that game series moved over to Side Games, and Side Games will be um, basically taking over development um, along with uh, uh, Kenshiro uh, Taka- Taka- Takaki? Kenshiro Takaki? Um, I don't know if I, Takaki, yeah, this is Takaki, uh, Kenshiro Takaki, um, he is, um, he is also working on the project as well, apparently, if you don't know who that is, as the Kanagawa Jet Girls, Senor Kagura developer, he moved over to the side games a while ago, so, um, and they basically sound like they're starting from scratch, they're not gonna be, like, you know, bringing forward Wild West, uh, whatever it was called, um, assets, however, it sounds like they are working on a console game, so it's not gonna be a mobile game, um, so, interesting to see, it's, that sounds like one of those things that like, um, you know, people just knew people and that's why this happened. Uh, maybe not so much that side game sees like a huge opportunity with the Metal Max franchise, but you know, the Akitoshi Kwazu syndrome of like somebody at the company has enough power to make this thing keep going. And as long as it doesn't lose money, they're happy. <laughs> so, so yeah. So glad that that series is finding a home again. I've not played Metal Saga at all, despite buying it many, many years ago um, for $20 new. And now it is much more expensive, but I opened it up. So my copy is not as expensive as it could have been, but it's okay. I, I want to play the video game. I do not want to sell it. So a couple more smaller news stories here. Um, Ace Angler, um, that game. Uh, so we, we talked about this game recently, actually, because they announced a new game in the franchise. Uh, I think it's, I forget the name of it exactly. Um, is it Ace Angler fishing spirits um aquarium or something like that i don't remember the name sorry i'm blanking on the name here (laughs) uh especially since they're largely in japanese uh but uh, ace angler um fishing spirits the first game in that series on the the switch um is going to be free from august 8th to august 14th to play um i i don't know if this is one of those situations where you can use a u.s account you just got to log into the japanese eShop um and have a nintendo switch online you know active on your system um but if you can do that uh that will be good that will be starting today so um i might try to check it out see if i can get a chance to play a little bit of that game, see if I'm interested. I think that's the big thing I've been trying to figure out with Ace Angler. Like, do I care enough about this game to import it? Um, so as far as I'm aware, that means the entire game will be available to you to play for that whole week. And then it will be digitally um, available at a 50% discount um, on the Japanese eShop uh, uh, for the next uh, two weeks. 
Um, so uh, I believe those games have English. I don't know if like the Japanese version digitally downloaded will give you English, but I do know there's Asian version of those games on cartridge that, that has English on the card. So um, there are ways to get that game in English if you want to. Um, also, the sequel to this game that is coming out um, later is uh, getting a Joy-Con accessory, which is like a fishing uh fishing rod thing you know like a lot a lot of consoles that have fishing games they end up with a fishing rod accessory it's kind of interesting because like there's a plastic bit that goes over one of the buttons on the controller so i wonder if it's like pressing that button repeatedly when you're spinning the little the little i don't know you'd call it spinny thing on a fishing rod um so it also includes a downloadable pirate outfit if you get it um i believe there's a game bundle for this as well so if you want to get the game with the the, the um fishing accessory you can do that uh, a bit more expensive though um on that so, um, neat. I'm, I'm glad that that's coming along. Um, I'm glad that franchise is, uh, is doing well. I just wish it would officially get released over here. That would be very nice. It seems like it's doing pretty well in Japan. Um, I think the last time we looked, checked in on it, it was like sold like 600,000 units or something like that. So pretty, pretty high up there for a, um, essentially an arcade or switch port of an arcade game. Um, although it sounds like they flesh out some aspects of it. So I don't know, maybe I'll give it a look, but you know, I'm in that Xeno zone, baby. I don't know if I want to take some time to go fish out some sharks. I probably should, um, <laughs> probably should take a break from Xenoblade. Um, kind of a fun switch story here is that Joy-Con support was added in the, uh, Steam beta, uh, client. So you can use Joy-Cons. I'm a big fan of the idea of the Joy-Cons, not a huge fan of the execution of the Joy-Cons. You know, I love playing the Wii with just one hand, like with Animal Crossing and stuff like that. Um, so while this doesn't necessarily fix the issues I have with the Joy-Con, it definitely opens up more opportunities to use the Joy-Cons in uh, interesting ways. And, and, and using a single Joy-Con to play some games on PC, I think would be um, be cool. Um, you know, obviously you can kind of reassign buttons on uh, on the, the Switch as well. I was playing um, Solomon Program, technically not a one button, one controller game, but I had reassigned my Switch button layout so I could play it with one hand. So I could just have the one Joy-Con out while I played that game. Uh, I think the only thing I for forgo was like camera controls, but camera controls don't matter in that game. It's like a board game kind of thing. So, you know, basically do you want to move the camera around the board, which no, you don't want to do that in my opinion. Um, you just keep the default view and it's fine. Um, so very cool that they're bringing that over there. Um, again, it's in the beta, so maybe it won't make it to the final release of Steam, but um, still more options for more controllers in different places. Always good. Um, I haven't really used any like third-party controllers on my Switch or between different consoles as well. I pretty much stick to the first-party controllers for each respective console. Um, so I, I probably should mess with that at some point and just see like what that experience is like. Um, but I, I know people who use a bunch of controllers between a bunch of different systems and stuff. So very neat. And this last story here um, is uh, kind of a weird little, I don't know if rumor is the right word for it, maybe a teaser um, that is unclear. Um, so if you're into Japanese PCs, you know, we talk about the PC-98 here a lot in relation to the PCFX. Um, so more we talk about PCFX and the PC-98 comes out out of relation to that. Um, but there's another big Japanese PC that, uh, retro enthusiasts are into. It's called the X68000. Um, and it is a very impressive PC. I think it is a PC that was used for a lot of development of games. Like I think Street Fighter 2 was developed on the X68000, things like that. Anyways, it's a, it's a, it's a PC that has a huge, or I mean, not huge is the right word, a, a very passionate enthusiast, uh, uh, following behind it. And, 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 and so has, has developed one in the West as well over time. Um, and the company, uh, Zuiki, um, they teased, uh, or they, they released product shots of a mouse and keyboard for new mouse and keyboards, um, that use X, X68000, uh, I believe the, the actual mold of those, those, uh, keyboards and mice. Um, they at least have the logo on there for it as well. I don't know if they're like hundred percent faithful or whatever, but you know, it looks pretty close at the very least. 
And in the background of that, there's a tiny X68000 sitting in the background. Um, and so 4Gamer, Japanese news site, put out an article that was like, hey, um, it seems like they might be teasing a, t- a tiny version of the X68000. It didn't really seem to suggest if it was like, a, I think they I think they actually made it some point in the article said it might be a mini console in the way that like, you know, we have a Genesis or an NES mini console. Uh, I believe there's been other like, I think there's like a PC98 uh, mini that like Howl put out or something like that as well. Again, I think it's a very limited run. Um, and uh, so they, they teased that uh, or they, they had it in the background and then 4Gamer had this speculative article and then Zuiki retweeted Four gamer speculative article, which seems like a pretty good sign that some kind of tiny X68000 is coming along in some way or form. How many are going to be made and how available it's going to be is a whole other thing. I know even Sega with the Sega Genesis Mini 2 is running into production issues with that, getting the components they need. So, um, you know, we'll see, you know, how that, that turns out. But yeah, it is a, it is a, but yeah, it is a, a cool little thing. You know, I think those mini consoles are great ways to give somebody a physical way to represent something like that. You know, I love the PCFX design. I would love a little tiny PCFX, even if it didn't like run games on it specifically, um, kind of thing. But, you know, uh, I think the big question is like, how much do you invest in those? You know, how much do you use it for actually playing games? Cause you know, things like the Mister and stuff like that are probably ultimately better. Although I don't know if there's X68000 specifically. So anyways, that's it for this week. Thank you guys for coming. Uh, yeah, a little shorter than I thought it would be actually, but honestly last week was like an hour and 20 minutes. So give me a little break. 40 minutes used to be long for an episode and now that's like the standard time. <laughs> so, so we probably gonna talk about more bit summit stuff, but it's fine. We'll, we'll live. Um, and uh, uh, as for um, what's coming up this week, Buddy Mission Bond, Blu-ray plus CD unboxing videos coming up. Again, that used to be a Patreon video. It's free now. Um, there is the Kaminazo Patreon video coming up. Um, that's going to be, you know, the part one playthrough of me playing that game. So if you want to check that out, that's at the $5 Patreon level if you want to want to get into that. Um, and then from there for the rest of the month, it's probably going to be a pretty casual August for us probably. Don't, think to, don't expect anything big. Um, Buddy Mission Bond took a lot of effort to get that video put together. Um, so, uh, yeah, but I have some ideas for things I want to do. Um, I, I definitely have some script ideas that I pretty much just need to write it at this point. Um, and then I have some things that I do need to do actual work on too. Um, also like I had somebody reach out to me recently. I won't say who, just cause I don't want to shine light on them. I had somebody reach out to, re- to me recently. and was like, Hey, we talked about something about a year ago and we have not done anything on it. I mean, they were not blaming me. They're like, I have not thought about it either. I was like, yeah, great point. <laughs> like I have not thought about it either. <laughs> so um, if I ever like fall off of talking to you about something and you think about it, and you're like, I would like to follow up on this. Always feel free to reach out to me about it. I will forget um, because I work on 30 billion things. Um, and I may, I may tell you, I don't have time for this right now. Don't get me wrong. Um, but, um, you know, I, I, I'm always happy to hear and like continue to try to plan that stuff. You know, I, I, I feel bad because there's people that I've talked to years about certain things, right? And I just have not gotten time to do it because other things get in the way. Life gets in the way. Some other video project takes up a ton of time. Um, and you know, it doesn't help that I, you know, go through phases really on this YouTube channel. It's kind of a pain how, how it works. I feel like there's like three months out of the year that I really care about PCFX and the rest of the year, it's like, I would love to do something about PCFX, but also I'm doing other stuff. So, so I do have that sparkling feather video. I got to put together too. Uh, that's still, you know, I've only been talking about that for a year and a half now, <laughs> but at least I'm at the point where I can do it now where before I was not able to. So, uh, but still it's been like three months since I finished sparkling feather. So, um, if not longer than that, actually, I think that might've been like an end of 2021 thing. Um, anyways though, uh, but 
but yeah, so always feel free to reach out to me. If there's anything that you want to work on together, let me know. Again, I don't have a lot of free time, but I'm always happy to, you know, entertain those ideas and things like that. So let me know. Again, the big thing is just, I just need to make sure it's like something I feel like has a purpose. Probably not the best thing. Like a lot of times I won't make stuff because I feel like there's not a purpose to it, even though it probably would be good content for like either A, being good to make uh, and B, also being something that would reach more people. Um, I continue to um, ignore any GameCube video ideas I have just because I'm like, well, what's the point of this? What's the point? There's so many people talking about GameCube stuff out there. I don't need to go and talk to you about this GameCube thing. <laughs> um, but I, there's a lot of space that people who listen to me would enjoy it, but I just pick and choose. And I'm like, well, let me talk about the Switch game nobody gives a shit about. <laughs> people care about Buddy Mission Bond, but yeah, it's just, it's hard to get into it with when it's all in Japanese, right? So I shouldn't say that, but... Anyways, so yeah, going to be a little bit of a light August, but you know, I will try to have something out every two weeks on the, the normal channel and then every two weeks on the Patreon. So alternating weeks, we will have content. Patreon stuff's all planned out for August and into September. So I just got to make some stuff for the traditional channel. We got a pickups video coming up here that I keep pushing off that I need to get get, get out. Um, it was going to come out last week, but the Body, Body Mission Bond video happened. So pickups video is the next thing. Um, again, at this point, it's been like two, three months. The Disney the Disney Princess game was in that pickups video. So um, yeah, it's been a little bit, but you know, I, we'll get there. Um, so yeah, but I'm going to wrap it up though. Thank you again for coming. One Control Protocols, the website, got a YouTube channel, Patreon. Hey, if you want to listen to this podcast, there's an audio version. Go to your podcast platform of choice and look for One Control Report. It probably is in there. If not, um, on Anchor FM, there's a list of podcast platforms that uh, One Control Report is submitted to. So you can go check that out. If you go to the website post, there's also a link to the audio and video versions there. So you can better find it there easier if you'd like to as well. Um, otherwise, though, I think that's it. I think I'm going to wrap that up that way. So I think you have a great week. I think you have a great week. I, I hope you have a great week. I think you have a great week. I hope you have a great week. That's all, That's it. I'm just going to stop. Bye. <laughs>